Joe Biden, John Fetterman, and Mitch McConnell walk into a bar. That's not a joke. That's just <laughs> that's just literally something that could happen. <laughs> oh, star! Didn't see it there. <laughs> Hi, good night, everybody. What's what's up? Uh, this is Marque Saves the Republic. My name is Marque. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, I'm so glad you decided to download this podcast, and I'm so glad you decided to listen to it. All seriousness aside, um, I mean, all I'm sorry, all kidding aside. <laughs> that's that's a great name for another podcast, though. All seriousness aside. No, all kidding aside. Listen, we do have uh, some big news about Donald Trump, his campaign, Ron DeSantis, and how the Democrats now plan to win back one of the most important states in the union. It also happens to be the state where I'm broadcasting from. Uh, it's a really bizarre, vile and evil plan. And I'll share that. I mean, you would expect nothing less from the left. So uh, I'll share that with you in just a minute. First, though, um, I'd like to invite you to get one of our, uh, our um, what do we call these things? Original vaccine passports. These original vaccine passports are, uh, they're really, they're, they're something that we came up with a few years ago. And I love to tell the story because during the height of COVID, uh, everyone was talking about vaccine passports and how you needed a vaccine card. And, you know, were you going to be able to go to a ball game or go to a, a concert or go to a mall without showing your vaccine passport? And some congressperson, Maybe a maybe a senator. I don't know. Somebody tweeted, "I'm just going to carry around a copy of the Constitution, and whenever someone asks to see my vaccine passport, I'm going to say, here, here's my vaccine passport.'" And I thought, man, that's a great idea. I'm stealing that. Uh, and since they're members of Congress, they can't, you know, they can't start new businesses or whatever. But I can. So, um, so we printed up these. They're they look like vaccine passports. If you look at it, it's amazing. It's got the vaccine passport on the front. It's got the little place for your photo and stuff right in the middle there. And then it's got the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, everything you need to fight back against tyranny and evil uh, in the United States of America. Grab one of these at OriginalVaccinePassport.com. OriginalVaccinePassport.com. All right, let's talk a little bit about John Fetterman. John Fetterman, you know, is the Pennsylvania uh, senator, one of the two. And he was doing an interview with The New York Times, which, by the way, man, what a horrible assignment that must be. Here. Your assignment is to interview John Fetterman. You're like, oh, my God, let me clear off four days on my calendar so I can get a statement from this guy. Uh, but uh, John Fetterman was interviewed by The New York Times. And one of the things he said is that Trump is still strong in Pennsylvania and that John Fetterman sees Trump signs everywhere. Everywhere, he said. Uh, Fetterman issued his comments about Trump's status in Pennsylvania when speaking with The New York Times last week about the political fallout surrounding the former president's indictment. It doesn't matter. He says, I'm a senator and I'm not sure how many times he's been indicted. He's been impeached twice. Has that changed anything? You're still seeing Trump signs everywhere in Pennsylvania. You have to respect his strength in all of that. He said, now I imagine since it was a written interview, I imagine it wasn't so clear cut. I would love to hear a recording of it. Actually, I probably wouldn't. Uh, it would just be painful and awkward like all of them. But that's what he said. Uh, Fetterman also said that Trump could even be competitive in the state of Pennsylvania based on what he sees from voters, though he did feel that he has to break a difficult ceiling. Trump would be very competitive in Pennsylvania, but Trump has to perform above his ceiling. I think there's a hard ceiling in Pennsylvania he can't get past, he said. And I would believe John Fetterman when he talks about a big ceiling because the dude's like seven feet tall. He's like he's like closer to the ceiling. Um, than anyone else. They also asked him about, they also asked uh, John Fetterman about his, about Joe Biden and about his advanced age. And would Joe Biden still be a viable candidate? And could Joe Biden win Pennsylvania? And he said, I'm not concerned about his age. And even if I was, who cares? There's 
nothing you can do about his age. I've spent enough time around him. He's sharp. He's aware. Okay. <laughs> let me let me pause for a moment and gather my thoughts. If John Fetterman describes somebody as being sharp and aware, does that really mean anything? I mean, is that really, you know, is that really the best? It'd be like me telling someone they have really lovely hair. You know, it's like, are we, are we really going to base our assessment on whether Joe Biden is up to the task on John Fetterman's opinion? He's sharp. Well, you know, according, according to John Fetterman, I mean, I got a, I got a, I got a bottle of water that's sharp. You know, I mean, he's up to the task. I, I, these are all, these are all things that, uh, well, anyway, that's just, it's just questionable. Uh, a recent Quinnipiac University poll showed Donald Trump and Joe Biden in a tight race in Pennsylvania. In a head-to-head -head rematch, Trump edges out Biden by a single percentage point, a single percentage point, garnering 47% to Biden's 46%. Uh, that's from Breitbart News. Predictably, most Democrats, 94%, and Republicans, 89%, support their respective party's potential nominee. However, Trump boasts a strong lead among independents in Pennsylvania as more than half, 51%, said they would support Trump over Biden. Uh, Biden garnered support from 37% of independents, 14 points behind Trump. So if you look at Pennsylvania today, Republicans and Democrats evenly split, but the independents, the independents, the independents, these are the people we told, uh, we were told would never vote for Trump again. These were the people we, we were told despise Trump. These are those suburban soccer moms in the outskirts of Philadelphia, you know, up and along the up and uh, up and down the uh, the uh, corridor. Uh, these are the people in the uh, the Pittsburgh suburbs. These are all of these women that drive their kids to and from school. All these independents, they despise Donald Trump. Yet the independents are breaking to Trump. And Pennsylvania could go to Donald Trump. Even John Fetterman. John Fetterman can't see four feet in front of him, yet he can even see that Donald Trump has a potential path to victory in Pennsylvania. And that's, that's key. That's why they call it the Keystone State. It's key to victory in 2024 for any candidate. Now, speaking of keys to victory for any candidate, uh, Florida, which has more electoral votes this time around, 30 electoral votes, thanks to all of the people that are moving there, thanks to all of the blue state governors who've been destroying their states and pushing their population farther south and also forcing them to change their voting habits and their voting registration. I mean, think about that. This is not just this is not just your typical geographical move. I mean, we've seen all the time people move from New York and New Jersey to, to Florida because they're getting older and they don't like the cold. They don't want to shovel snow. They want us to be in a warm climate. There's more, uh, you know, 50 plus activities and, and households and whatnot here. They want to play golf. It's like a retirement community. I mean, that's basically half of the state is a retirement community. We get that. Um, but that was a that wasn't a political move or a geopolitical move. That was just a a move for, you know, a warmer climate. Democrats would come down here. They were still Democrats. But, but when COVID hit, when when uh, Andrew Cuomo started really showing his true colors, when uh, Governor Murphy, Phil Murphy in New Jersey, all these clowns, J.B. Pritzker in Illinois, which that guy, I don't even know if I told you what that guy did. That guy's like the worst. All of these folks are saying, I can't live in these blue states anymore. I got to get to a red state. They came down to Florida. And now we have all these extra electoral votes. We have an extra congressperson, Aaron Bean. He's a lovely individual. Um, and we are, and we are kind of seeing this renaissance, uh, as a result. Now in this upcoming election, Florida becomes even more valuable. It becomes more valuable to Democrats 
and even more valuable to Republicans because of those 30 electoral votes. Two more than they had before. Two more than New York now even has. New York, which always had, it was one of the biggest prizes. Florida is now a bigger prize. And so the Democrats are making a play. One of the ways they're doing it is by trying to destroy Ron DeSantis. And we've seen it in a lot of places. We've seen, this is the big problem for Ron DeSantis. And I think a lot of people don't understand this. And maybe Ron DeSantis doesn't understand it even himself. What happened is Ron DeSantis got elected, got reelected for governor. He was reelected hugely, massive margin. Everybody loved him. Everyone thought what he was doing was great. Going after Disney was great. Protecting kids in schools, great. Great, great, great. This guy is just the greatest, one of the greatest uh, governors we've ever had. And we've had some pretty good governors. Um, then he said, I'm going to run for president. Okay, well, now you got a problem. Because when you run for president against 12 other people, one of them being Donald Trump, those 12 people are going to do everything they can to make you look horrible so that you don't win the nomination. They want you to lose. They want to win. And there's only one winner, so they have to defeat you and they have to make you look bad. The other thing is you've got Democrats, the entire Democrat Party, who wants to win back Florida. So they are going to battle you every single time you do something. And now what happens is as governor and presidential candidate, it's a two way thing. You've now got people on the left attacking everything you do as governor. And you've got people on the right also attacking you because they don't want you to be anything more than the governor. They don't want you rising to the next level. They want you to stay where you are. They want the nomination, so they're going to attack you. And the only thing they can attack you on is how well you do as governor. And so the Democrats and the Republicans are hammering away at Ron DeSantis. And he was in a weak position a couple of weeks ago when this new curriculum dropped, this um, African-American studies curriculum where one of the lines said, uh, slaves learn valuable skills, which could have benefited them in the future, something like that. And of course, this is something that, A, I mean, again, if you look at the curriculum, Ron DeSantis is right. Uh, whoever wrote this curriculum, they're right. None of this stuff, you can't even debate, you know, the fact that, that there were slaves who, after slavery, antebellum, you know, were able to uh, become farmers and become skilled workers and become teachers and become all these other things because of the skills they learned when they were slaves. Unfortunate, but true. You know, unfortunate, but true. Nobody likes slavery. No one's saying slavery is a good thing, but we're also not going to gloss over some of these facts um, for political means. And and unfortunately, Ron DeSantis was a weak. He was already weakened when this attack came. And now there it's weakening him even more, because in addition to the Democrats coming out and saying Ron DeSantis is a racist, Ron DeSantis is uh, rewriting history. Ron DeSantis is creating this narrative that didn't exist. Ron DeSantis is just, he hates gays, he hates blacks, he hates everybody. Next, he's gonna go after Latinos. What a horrible governor for a state like uh, Florida. That's the first thing that's happening. The second thing that's happening is you have other Republicans who are attacking him. Donald Trump is attacking him. You've got Nikki Haley attacking him. You've got Tim Scott, who's black from South Carolina, attacking him, saying this is wrong. You've got Byron Donalds, who is a Republican representative from the state of Florida, but a staunch supporter of Donald Trump. And many say a potential VP candidate when Donald Trump gets the nomination. Uh, you've got Byron Donalds out there attacking Ron DeSantis, saying, I'm from Florida. I'm black. The governor's wrong. And so it's not a good look for Ron DeSantis. It's not helping his campaign and it's hurting him immensely. The other thing you have going on is that the Democrats uh, are now... This is really insane, by the way. 
This next thing is so insane. I can't even believe I'm saying it, but let me take a swig of my coffee quickly. All right. This next thing is insane. The Democrats are excited because they believe that with this issue, with the LGBTQ issues and you, the LGBTQ community attacking Don, uh, Ron DeSantis and, and you know, um, parents of transgender kids apparently fleeing the state for their lives, you've got all this stuff happening. In addition to that, in addition to the, uh, the now this um, the slavery curriculum that they're, that they're using to attack Ron DeSantis' stance with, uh, with black voters, and they're gonna say African-Americans aren't gonna support this guy. There's no way they're going to support this guy. They're not going to vote for him in the national election. He's trying to tell people that slavery was good, which he's not. But that's that's how they're spinning it. So with those two things, the Democrats see a real opening and they gathered in Miami and they picked two issues that they believe they believe will give them a pathway to win the state of Florida and the 30 electoral votes that that come with it. Now, I want you to pay attention to this. Okay, national Democrats. This is from Politico. National Democrats are using abortion and the legalization of pot to drive voters to the polls to defeat whoever the Republican candidate is, okay? Abortion and marijuana, pot, smoking weed, okay? This is, this is uh, here, let me read you a little bit out of this and then I'll explain to you why this is just crazy. Uh, key party leaders in the state desperate to turn things around in 2024 are confident that citizens initiatives dealing with abortion rights and recreational marijuana legalization could fuel turnout and boost the party's chances. It will have a transformative impact on the election, said former state representative Carlos Guillermo Smith, an Orlando Democrat who was swept out of office last year amid Florida's red wave and is now running for the state Senate. When Democrats gathered in Miami Beach this month to raise money and strategize about 2024, they were buzzing about the prospect of what such high-profile citizens' initiatives could mean. Republicans, they said, could suddenly find themselves at a disadvantage because of abortion and pot. So I want you to understand something. The Democrats' plan to win the state of Florida in 2024 and the 30 electoral votes that go with it. The Democrats plan to break into a conservative stronghold, a red state, a MAGA uh, wonderland and get the votes and get the support. What they're, what, they're, what they're counting on to drive voters to the polls, Democrat voters to the polls are abortion and pot. Getting stoned and killing babies. 2024. That's, that's the Democrat. That's the Democrats' motto. They're like, hey, Florida, get stoned and kill babies in 2024. Vote Democrat. I mean, think about this. Think about the insanity of this. This is a political party, a once, some would say great political party. I would argue that fact, but a once great political party. They used to talk about, you know, government and social programs and how they were going to help people and creating jobs and union now and work for everybody. And the, 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 um, was it the, the new deal? Yo, we're getting a new deal for Christmas. That was that was FDR's big plan. That's how, you know, they used to make jobs for folks. They were going to send people to the moon. What? It was JFK. We we will send a man to the moon in this decade, which is uh, Massachusetts and for decade in this decade, not because it's easy, but because it's hard. That was what JFK wanted to do. They the moonshot was a Democrat thing when the Republicans and now. How are they going to win the party? Uh, How are they going to win the state back? How are they going to win Florida? They are going to come into Florida and they're not going to say, we will put a man on the moon. 
Not because in this thing, they're going to say, we will let you get stoned and kill babies. Give us your vote. That's what they're doing. It's insanity. I can't believe this is an actual political party in the United States and not a fringe political party. This is an act, one of two. I mean, this is the party in power. This is the party in power. They have the executive branch. They have half of the legislative branch. They've got the Senate. They've got the majority. And they are running on getting stoned, killing babies. <laughs> I mean, I just, I feel like I'm in some kind of weird, uh, feeling I'm in some kind of weird, you know, uh, weird video gamer. I don't know. It's weird. Um, one other thing though about Ron DeSantis is I really feel like this is, I really feel like Ron DeSantis has a choice to make. And I think that if he makes the right choice, I think it's beneficial for everyone because keep in mind the longer Ron, De and this whole bit, this whole killing baby smoking pot thing could work. I mean, that's the other thing. The longer Ron DeSantis is in the race, the longer Ron DeSantis is focused on being president and opening him himself up for attacks from everybody. Not just that he'll always be attacked by Florida Democrats, Florida Democrats, Nikki Freed and Charlie Chris and all these other clowns. They're always going to be attacking Ron DeSantis and Kamala Harris. She'll fly down here and race bait all the time. She got nothing else to do. She's literally got nothing else to do. There's nothing else on Kamala Harris's schedule except cackle and fly around race baiting. So that's what she's going to do for the next you know, year or so. But Ron DeSantis, if he pulled out of the race, if he dropped everything right now and said, you know what? I see the writing on the wall. I'm going the wrong way. We're spending a lot of money. I'm going to pull out. I'm going to support one of these other candidates. I should probably just support Donald Trump. If he did that and he came back and he governed Florida for the next three years and he governed Florida in the way he's been governing Florida, which is really, really, really effective, then we don't risk losing the state to the Democrats. We don't risk, uh, you know, abortion and pot being on the ballot. And we don't risk losing the general election. But every day that Ron DeSantis stays in this election, Florida becomes more and more up for grabs. And we don't, we can't have that. Florida's got to be a strong Republican stronghold. And with Ron DeSantis in Tallahassee doing his job every day, it is out there on the campaign trail, getting attacked by Democrats and Republicans and independents and everybody else. All of a sudden it's not so clear cut. That's a big problem for the Republicans. The Republicans should probably come together, call up Ron DeSantis and say, look, you, lo you lost Fox news. You lost all these billionaires. We can't have you lose the state of Florida. We need it. Please, let's, let's figure something else out. They're not going to do that, though, because they all still hate Donald Trump. You know, it's this, there is a, um, one of my favorite scenes in Better Call Saul was when they talk about the fallacy of sunk costs. And I think that's, I think that's where Ron DeSantis is, or I think he's getting dangerously close to that. The fallacy of sunk costs, meaning he's already put up some time. He's already put up some effort. He's already put up some money. He's not going to drop out now. He wrote the book. That book, man, I, I saw the book yesterday. I remember getting that book in the mail. Ron DeSantis's book. It's called Freedom. Hang on. What's it called? The Blueprint for yeah, the Courage to be Free, Florida's Blueprint for America's Revival. That book came out and it was, man, it was exciting. That was when it, that book came out. And I was that was the first time I actually thought to myself, wow, you know, Ron DeSantis could be a thing. Ron DeSantis could be a thing. Everyone was excited. He went on a book tour. He went on a book tour around Florida, around the country. People were coming out. They were waiting in line. They were meeting him. They were shaking hands. I think that's when we got the idea for the Donna Ron coins. Because we were like, whoa, this could definitely be a two-man race. The book was heralded. I read the book. The book was good. He had a good plan. He seemed like he knew what he was talking about. And yesterday I looked at the book. And I, I mean, I remember looking at the book going, whoa, this is a good book. 
yesterday I was in my office, I was organizing some stuff, uh, and I saw the book sitting there and I went and I go, oh, that's, that's sad. <laughs> I go, I remember, I remember when that book was exciting. Now that book is just, and it was only three months ago. Imagine how sad that book's going to be. That book was a, that book was an, a, a beacon of hope for a lot of Ron DeSantis supporters that hope that book was a blueprint for a revival of America, which was true. Uh, that book was the, the, the fuse that lit off, um, a firecracker of a campaign. Um, well until the Twitter spaces and then it kind of, then it kind of got doused and it's been downhill since then. But that book was an exciting moment for Ron DeSantis, for Florida and for conservatives. Now it's just kind of a dismal reminder of how mismanaging a campaign and a message can, uh, and also timing. I don't think, you know, I think the timing was wrong. All of that, I think, um, is set, you know, in a couple of weeks, that book's just going to be what I use to kill bugs. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be, you know, you have that one bug killing book, that book that's big and hard and heavy and you never read it and you probably never will. So it's just there. And you know, I'm going to, there's going to be a June bug. What my kids going to start screaming, daddy. And I'm going to grab the Ron DeSantis book. Got him. Anyway. <laughs> Listen, listen, we'll have more on the Mark Hay show today at noon Eastern, 11 Central. That's right. Wherever you happen to listen, if it's a if you're listening on a Patriot radio network radio station, God love you. We're so excited for you uh, to join us today. If not, you can live stream us on all of our live streaming platforms. And don't forget the original vaccine passport pocket constitution, the OG Vax Pass. We'll call it uh, go to um, go to original vaccine passport dot com, original vaccine passport dot com. Get yours today. Keep listening. Keep subscribing. Share this podcast. Download it on the iTunes. Listen on the Spotify, wherever you happen to be listening to this thing. We do appreciate it. And we know that uh, we know that, you know, you're we know you're learning. We know you're inspired. At least we hope you are. Uh, leave us a leave us a comment. Leave us a, uh, a message or a, a review, because on Tuesday, if we get new reviews, we'd love to we'd love to read them. I don't think we've gotten some new ones yet. But if you get one in today, maybe we can get it on tomorrow's podcast. In the meantime, like I said, keep listening, keep fighting and keep helping us save the Republic.